Hello and welcome back to the Road to Rank 1 podcast. I'm your co-host Jack and as always I'm joined by Burjo. Mate, how did Round 5 treat you? Yeah, okay. So I thought I was scoring really well. You know, 1292 is pretty much my highest score of the year. And turns out pretty much most of Supercoach scored around there, around the 1300 mark. So, um, yeah, well, I still saw green arrows up about 3K ranks to 21K. Not exactly where I want to be, but like still a very long season to go. Um, we've got the buy rounds coming up. There's still, still a long way to go. So, look, I'm happy with where I am and I'm happy with the round. Um, it was good to see Nico on Sunday not, not um, set the world on fire. So Against all odds, on about 75, 80 at halftime, that wasn't looking good. Yeah. But it turned around for us. Myself, this week, I scored 1386. So good round for myself. I move up to around 5K. Um, I think I'm placed very well at the moment. I'm very happy with where I am. This week, without Nico playing... It's really our round to strike as two guys that don't own Nico, so I'm very excited for this week. And I'm hoping that I can sort of position myself around that top 1K, come major buys, and really strike then and look to make up some big ground at that stage. And I think we can really push the higher ends of the ranks in you know a month's time. So I'm really happy with where I'm at at the moment. Um, People that helped me this week, I don't even know how I ended up scoring 100 more than you. I think Reese Walsh, obviously, a lot have him scored Walsh well. Walsh is a big difference. Um, I had Murata near Corey as well, scored the try with the Simbin, which was... Very helpful. Yeah, the try was helpful. The Simbin sort of made the score look average again, but... Which is a good team effort from your players, really. Cold and Cam Murray was a good play. Yeah, Murray was good, um... Munster solid again for us. So, yeah, it was just a good solid week, and I think, yeah, poised pretty well to really start to jump into the higher end of stuff moving forward. Yep. Um, today's episode, we'll talk all things around six following around where all the guns finally fired. We'll assess the surprises of TLT, go through some strategy talk, look at a few under the radar options as well, and also finish with our trades and skippers for the week. So, the first game of the round, we got Melbourne versus the Chooks. For the Storm, Jerome Hughes returns, Jonah Pezzett out. So that affects you as someone that bought in Jonah Pezzett last week. There was chance he moved to the bench, but with him out, you've got to make him move yep. as he's not going to return back into the 17. I think it's my worst super coach decision pretty much ever. I, I don't really know what I was thinking. I was just hoping he would, you know, obviously not score 30 last week. I thought he was going to score a bit better, and it looks that way when he got that try assist early. I was just thinking, you know, maybe he gets 60 this week, makes 120K, and then hopefully he was on the bench, made another 50, 60K, and then with a very small BE, all he needed to get was a 20. But, um, yeah, so pretty much the worst-case scenario happened there. But, um, look, I knew there was risk going into it. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be a home uh, slam dunk. Yeah. And on the other hand, the 100K he did make has actually really helped me be able to get Heinz in later. Yep. So, uh, it didn't. It's, it's probably a waste of a trade in the long run. But uh, look, I'm I'm happy with the way I am right now, and it hasn't hurt me that much. Yeah. Um, another guy that both of us own, Cameron Munster. A couple games where he's looked very promising, but he just hasn't quite hit that ceiling yet. Mm. Um, 
Moving forward with 5-8, there's not really many scorers going around there consistently. There's a guy that we're going to touch on soon that may be an option there. People who don't earn Cam Munster, are they happy to go without him through with that round nine buy and then through the origin period? Oh yeah, I wouldn't be rushing him to buy him now. If you're going to buy him, it had to be that week against the Tigers, in my opinion, because you wanted to capitalise on that good matchup. Yep. Whereas... The draw gets a bit worse now. I think you hold him the next three, and then the decision to sell is when he has that buy. And I, at the moment, the I sort of planned out my um, next few weeks last night... And in round nine, when he takes on the Warriors, I'll probably be moving on to Dylan Brown. Hopefully Dylan's lost some money by then. And yep. um, I think he's got some good matchups coming up after that. So in round nine, he goes Knights, Titans, Raiders. Yeah, so, so could I'll, be anything for Dylan Brown there with Sean Lane back as well. Yeah. Um, another guy from this Melbourne team that's sort of being considered for moves to possibly fund players like a Nico Hines or a Munster that people are paying up for, Eli Katoa. I've seen his name be thrown around as a possible sell. To me, I think this is crazy. Um, did nothing against Souths, still scored 45. I'm more than happy with that from him. Mm. And with the return of Jerome Hughes, I just think this combination is going to continue to blossom and I think Eli Katoa is a keeper. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's a keeper as well. And... Um... His tackle bust, he got zero last week, which is very unlike him. Yep. Um, he still scored 45. That was his absolute floor with zero tackle bust. So, look, I don't hate, like, if you, if you need the money, you need, like, someone's going to have to go to Hines, like, inevitably. I but, think he's one of the guys that's at the bottom of that list, though. Yeah. There's I got to be someone at 2RF that you'd rather. Especially with Hughes back, I wouldn't be moving him on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nick Meany. Continue scoring well, scored a try again on the weekend for 60 points. He's really averaging 69. Um, rewarding owners. Buddy good. However, for myself, and I'm going to talk about this in my trade section, Nick Mean is a guy I'm considering moving on from as that draw gets tougher now, and he's really been reliant on scoring at least a try or assist, and he's not always a guy that's going to pop up. Valued at 700k, Ryan Pappenhausen looming. Maybe, but yeah. In the come, I like you know, a couple months down the track, yep. albeit. However, with that draw, is Nick Meany a guy that may have to go at his high value? Yeah, I think he will. He doesn't play around thirteen, so I think he's inevitably a move before then. Anyway, I think similar to Munster, he's probably a sell round nine when he has to buy. Seven hundred k is a lot to have sitting there. So, yep. if I I don't know Meany, but if I did, he's he's a move on in the next few weeks. Yeah, for the Roosters, James Tedesco out with the concussion suffered in the Eels game, and Joey Manu moves to fullback. Is he an option of just having a little look at a very low ownership, albeit the very high price tag of eight hundred one k? Now one forty six b, you'd have to be pretty desperate. Yeah, um, with Melbourne Sharks, he I don't think Teddy plays next week either, so that'll be two games. That you get a fullback, but they're not great matchups. They're both away games, and they don't have Teddy, who's massive for their whole team. So, um, no, no, I won't be buying Manu until um, right on the cusp of sort of that round 14, 15 area when he'll get a fair probably 14 if Teddy doesn't back up. Yep. And, um, yeah, no, no. Um, I'm just happy to see him maybe lose some money. I, yeah, I won't be looking at buying him. He'd need to sort of score a couple. 
decent hundreds the next two weeks to warrant spending that type of cash. We might get him at 600k time. later on. There's, I, I, unless you're really, really behind, really desperate, or maybe you've got Teddy and you can Teddy Teddy to Manu, but I would not. I'm not going near him. He's not even entered my equation. Elsewhere for the Roosters, Jackson Paulo performed well again last week, so a successful one for owners there that we didn't really support it. However, with those attacking stats that he got to get on the wing, I think a try and assist. Good looks for Paulo and. Decent buy in the end. Yeah, it was a good buy if you, if you bought him in last week. Um, I still think you know he had a try and a try assist, and you got eighty seven the week. He doesn't get those attacking stats. It could be a very low score or cash gen's gone. Yep. So it's a couple week play here on Paulo. I think you need to acknowledge that he's not probably not going to be a keeper. So um, I'd be playing him this week against that Melbourne left edge is normally pretty leaky. So um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't be. He's not a keeper. He's not a top 10, top 15 centre wing. He's just a guy you've made real good money on and you bank that. Don't don't get attached to holding him. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the Dogs South Squid Friday matchup for the Bulldogs. Absolute carnage with injuries in that forward pack. Franklin Pele, Raymond Fatale Mariner and Jaden Ockenbaugh all out this week. Corey Waddell to start on the edge. Young Harrison Edwards will get a start at lock and Jackson Torpenny on the bench. So... Could be a tough matchup mm. for the dogs here. Um, Jake Preston scored ton with a double on Sunday night. We were there. It was it was such an impressive performance from a guy in his fifth game of first grade, and he just continues to impress. I'm starting to not even question his keeper status because his try scoring ability is something that we look for in these premium back rolls, yeah. and he has that. I think he's arguably the cheapest of the year. Um. I'm going to hold him. He doesn't play round 13, but I still think he's a keeper. And the they, dogs only have one buy from then. In, so in between that 20, that 13, round 13 to round 20, sort of origin period, we've only got round 17 and 13 where we don't play. So um, he'll be useful 14 when people won't, back, won't be playing. He'll be useful in 16, 19 and 20 is a very important number. And he's just going to score really well. Um, there could be a time where he peaks and there's a great option that you might be able to flip him to. But, uh, yeah, no um, no urgency. He's cheaper of the year. Do you think he could still be a buy at this point if someone didn't have him for Ooh. whatever reason, a 470k, negative five break even? Um, if you didn't have him, would I think, you still say he's a buy? I think I'd be walking another route because he's at 35%. I'd be probably buying Hosky over him. Yep. But... um. I can't knock you for buying Preston still. He's got more money to make. After gaining 270k already, however, there is a lot more in. Um, Paul Alamotti, do you think his time is nearly up in our sides? Um, not an urgent sell. Uh, yeah, probably. But he's presenting a 4 of 40. He got absolutely robbed on the weekend of a try. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, presenting a good 4. Um, tackle busting. Still errors in his game, but... What do you expect? He's played five games of first grade. Yeah. Um, he's only going to get better. Um, I still think there's 100k potentially still in it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a lot of people will be looking to sell him out of necessity soon, yep. including myself. But in the scenario where Paul Alamotti doesn't have to go to fund other moves or um, hit a player that has a low break even that may emerge in the coming weeks, 
I think Alan Lottie is a guy that you can hold on to for a while because, as you said, he's presenting a really good floor. He could be gone for me next week, but um, we'll cross that bridge next week when I get there. Yep. But um, I'm not playing him this week against Souths. No, neither. They got matched up against Campbell Graham's not ideal, but um, yeah, no, he's he's a fine hold, fine sell. It's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, he might make another hundred k, and you know you're down that money, but if you can flip him on to someone who's a genuine keeper, or yeah. he's also going to make a hundred k, like a Greg Marju, who also he could be a genuine keeper. So um, I'm not against trading him. No, yeah. agreed there. Um, Max King buyers what? So a lot of people we know sort of jumped on Max King in the past couple of weeks. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on his situation? Because I just think personally, as consistent as he'll be as, and as good as the role will be with all the middles that are out for the dogs in the coming weeks, I just think it's very um, meat and potatoes. Yeah, you well, know what you're going to get, but there's no upside. And I don't think there's many front rollers outside of Haas right now that do present that upside, maybe Tino as well. So it's not not a bad option, but what are your thoughts, Maxie? Um, well, I didn't like him as a buyer because he doesn't play 13. So, um, like, at this point of the year, I'm kind of looking at bringing in guys who will be, like, useful during that buy period because at front row, you want Tohu Tarpany in your side during that period, right? Like, yeah, obviously, if, if you've already got Haas, you're not selling Haas, but, like, mm. you're going to want your Tohu Tarpany types who are going to be really, really useful. Um, King's fine. Like, I'm not... I don't, I don't hate it as a buy. Like, if you, if you got him last year, uh, last week, he'll, um, he'll still score well. But, yeah, he's classic meat and potatoes. You know what you're going to get. Someone said, do I risk it with Max King? And I said, well, it's kind of the opposite of a risk. You know exactly what you're going to get. Yep. Um, minutes will eventually decrease, but it's only getting worse with our injury crisis. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, Max King, like, he's just a classic front row. You know what you're going to get. I wouldn't be buying him now at 600k when Tarpany's just a little bit more. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of hype about him. He's, we, inevitably, we know who he is, what he's going to do. Don't great footy player, but for yeah. super coach, you're not really going to get any upside yeah. out of him. And I think at a time where we still are chasing upside in other positions, I don't think I'd be forcing a trade to bring in a second. Well, we both... Right now. Uh, traditionally people who hate using trades at front row in general. And just on um feel good to buy Max King in the next couple of weeks are uh, Tohu's got a one oh one BE, hopefully plays this week. Maybe limited minutes gets fifty. He'll be cheaper than Max King next week. Yeah. So um Tohu's very much on the radar. Um Jacob Kiaz, once again performing. No try for him this week, however with a couple line breaks. He'll just keep performing and I think he's a definite keeper. He's probably going to lock himself in as a top three centre wing this year yeah. if he can continue this, which I think he will. He's entered a bit of unicorn status too because those line breaks were like borderline. I mean, I, was, I still think they were, yep. but maybe my um, views tinted as an owner. But um, other players potentially don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he um, he's got the most total points this year by twenty four. He's um, yeah, he'll be very useful. He's a definite keeper. Got a decent um. By our schedule as well. Um, he won't play 13, but he'll be useful for the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, no, definite keeper. Um, I'd still be trying to buy him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, agreed on that. Um, for South Sydney, Alex Johnston out with the concussion. Tane Milne will come onto that left wing. 
and Tavita Tatola are back. Is he? He's back, early, isn't he? Yeah, yeah okay. Slide, so That's huge for Their them. middles start to bolster back up now, and they get get more consistency, hopefully, moving forward yep. through that pack, and the rotations can sort of settle after they've had guys like Kaloa Matangi moving through. Well, they had a lot doing with that rotation. Um, super coach wise though, Latrell Mitchell, you're the owner of Trell that's battled through, didn't go with Walsh. You need a big score this week, don't you? Yeah, well, massively. Um, I think all, all Trell owners will be uh, really hoping he can set the world on fire because he's been, he's been good. He's averaging 60 with a very tough run. I expected a little bit more, especially considering how well he looked in the first two games. I expected him, you know, maybe explode against a Melbourne or a um, last week against Manly. I was hoping, you know, maybe do a bit more than 30. Yep. But uh, yeah, he just needs one game where he get, gets a try, um, where he gets just bun- bundles over someone. It could be this week. It could be next week against it the Dolphins. It can't be long away. No. However, if I had asked you at the start of the year, would you take an average in the 60s from Latrell? To start with him, I don't think no. you would have taken that. No, not when Walsh is on 100 um, average and losing about 30 points every week. So uh, I'm not mad just because there's only really been two fullbacks who have performed. You know, I should include the dual centre wing guys, but there's only really been Tom and Walsh because yep. Teddy's been... Well, because my dilemma was uh, a trailer Teddy and... I thought Trello has outperformed Teddy, so yep. I'm up on that. But if I had had Teddy, I would have moved him over onto Walsh. So eh, it giveth and it taketh. Yeah, um, Cody Walker, 5'8". I really, really think this is an option that's sort of being overlooked at the moment. He could also be in for a big game here, and he's an option. He's a massive option come round 13 Moving forward at 5'8". Um, what are your thoughts there? Well and truly on my radar is Cody. Um, yeah, I'm very, very, very keen on him. Uh, I think not... I don't really like... So he's got a good uh, two matchups coming up. Dogs and Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins at Suncorp, which those two look good. Moving past that, it goes Penrith, Broncos, Melbourne. I wouldn't even play him in those three. That's how low we know Cody can go so low. Yeah. So like I'm not buying him now, but round eleven, he goes. Tigers, Para, Canberra, Titans, Dragons, by Cowboys, Warriors, Bulldogs. So um, round eleven, I'll be buying him. If it's penciled in on my plans that I'll be doing Katoa up to him. So hopefully Katoa can make me a bit of money. Um, because. Yeah, Cody Walker will go up, but I think he still will go down after the Penrith Broncos um, Melbourne run. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably still be getting it at about five fifty k, five hundred k, hopefully, which might only be a hundred fifty up from Katoa. So hopefully, hopefully Katoa can get some scoring going. Well, it's now or never. We'll, we'll touch on it later, but it's yeah. now or never for him. Um, elsewhere for the Rabbits, there's possible guys that could miss out on Origin. That it's they're just watchers. Your Damien Cooks, Kieran Kalamatungi, who I think will be there, Campbell Graham, guys that aren't locked in. However, come that time, if they're not picked for Origin, massive options there for South. Um, Cam Murray, he rewarded those who held him last week. Good great, great signs. They pumped out eighty-eight for us. Um, we took a win there. 
However, what are the future plans with him? Does he have to go before the origin period? He doesn't have to go, but if you're already a bit behind and you like me, I'm going to be really targeting these buys, he will be gone for me. There's no way I'm holding him through round 13. Like, And in saying that, I may sell him next week as much as I don't want to because he could do anything against the Dolphins. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he'll, be, he'll be making way for Hines, I think, next week. So uh, this week, hopefully good points. But, um, yeah, just he's a fine hold. Well, I just think that come that origin period, there's going to be... You're only going to have room to pour through a few origin players through that period with you. Yep. I think Cleary's got to be one of them. Yep. Turbo. Turbo also probably has to be one of them. And I don't know if Murray at such a stacked to our position that we could really have some nice little pods through that origin period with a few guys that will name possibly today, coming weeks, whatever. In that position, I don't know if I'm willing to drag Murray through that with me. Yep. So when Murray's time comes that I need to cash in his value, I am happy to do it. Yep. On Murray, uh, his turnarounds. So he's got a three-day turnaround round 14, four-day turnaround round 17, and then he obviously has a buy in round 20. He probably plays against the Cowboys in round 17. I don't think off the three-day turnaround, though, for sure. Off the three-day against the Titans. Titans, they probably will be a good chance of beating. Yep. So um, I don't think he'll play that one. Or if he does, it'll be reduced minutes. Yep. So uh, he may. So he won't play, obviously, he won't play 13. We don't think he'll play 14. Round 15, he'll play against the Dragons. So that's one game he'll play. He may play round 17 against the Cowboys, four-day turnaround, and then he'll play the Warriors. So it's... And and then he won't play the Bulldogs, won't play round twenty. So it's like three games out of the possible. That's three best case scenario, out of a possible like um, what seven weeks. So he'll be gone by. He'll be gone in Origin. It's he he won't have the upside to score. Like if you if you sell like Cleary or Nico, right, and they're both in Origin. Those three out of seven. Let's say for example they play. Yeah, they could go one eighty, and you're gone. Like it, no matter what, who you bring in, you'll probably be cooked. So um, whereas Murray. If you're getting 60s out of him in these games, which is probably realistic considering, you know, he gets batted in origin, he plays big minutes, he'll uh, he'll probably won't play massive minutes in these games. Um, if he gets 65 average, maybe 70, and you can get in maybe, let's say, Hudson Young. Or, you can cover that. Or maybe you can do two, two trades for two players who will play all of those games. You can maximise your games played, get seven, and let's say... That you can target some good matchups, maybe get a 75 or even like a, let's say it's even a 60 average, you're still way ahead. Yeah. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be moving him on. Yeah. Um, Cowboys, Dolphins. For this one, the Cowboys with mass changes once again. Helam, Lukey, Jordan McLean both out. Scott Drinkwater comes back in a fullback. Ruben Cotter also returns in the front row. Griffin Neem is named on the edge with Mitch Dunn named a prop, I assume, those expect two that switch. To change, I don't yeah, really know why it's been named that way. And Tommy Chester's on the bench, which is interesting seeing as they also have Granville there. So a bit of an interesting look for the Cowboys. Um, the big super coach relevant guy for them, obviously, Val Holmes again. Really, really impressive floor against the Dogs. Broke lots of tackles, um, heavy work rate, 60-odd without having really any attacking output, mm. even with threatening a couple of times. 
he continues to just be solid in that 60 to 70 range and you can't be mad about that. But does he need a big score or is his time up soon? It will explode eventually. It's just, obviously, um, I sold Val last week to um, free up some cash for Hines just because my idea was I'll sell him to Lemuelu, who is 300k cheaper and they basically have the same output at the moment. And I think... Um, with Drinky, when Drinky wasn't there, Val's uh, upside was a little bit capped. Drinky back this week, Cotter's back this week. They should perform a bit better than they have been. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a, he could even he could even captain him VC this week even. Um, he's a he's a really good centre wing option. Um, I just had to move him on. It's as simple as that. Someone had to make way for Hines. Yeah. It wasn't ideal. I wouldn't be selling Val this week if I had him. Yeah, definitely not. I think if you still own Val. There's a real possibility of a big score this week. And if it is under 70 again, I can't fault it, especially as we've mentioned with a few guys. Origin coming up soon, you're still going to get about a month or so output from these yep. guys. However, if they have to go to fund bigger moves such as Nico Hines, it's very possible that it's the right option. Yeah, I think you sell him right on the cusp of Origin if you've still got him because he'll go Dolphins, Warriors, Knights, all three good. Then Sharks... Uh, Roosters, not ideal. But then it goes Dragons, Tigers before before the cusp of origin. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he'll be a fine hold, I think, until then. And then you move him on to maybe like an AJ or someone like that. Whatever option you like that week. Yep. Um, for the Dolphins, Anthony Milford out. Jack Bostock also out. So Edric Lee comes onto the wing. And Cody Nicarima moves into the halves. Um, Isaiah Katoa in the halves with Nicarima, what's doing there? How much faith do we have that he's going to make cash and is that window sort of running out for Katoa in such a vital spot? Well, this is it's his team now, is the reality. Yep. Is he wearing the number seven on his back this week? I believe Nicarima is. Oh, I'll have a look. Because sitting at 285 still hasn't made great cash for us, still hasn't really put up a great score. We, we really need, in the coming weeks... He is in the number seven jersey. So obviously it doesn't mean that much, but it's like that just sort of shows me Bennett trusts him. This is his side. This is his side. He'll be, he'll be the main man. And well, obviously he's still very young. It's uh, not ideal to be biting him this way. But uh, I'm, um, I'm thinking it's that it can only be good for him. I yep. think he'll he'll take he'll take this opportunity uh, on by the reins and just you know do his best. He's 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 had a try assist in every game. So, um, but he's, he's still scored very poorly. But uh, if he just, you know, he's going to have his hands on the ball a bit more, I'd, I think he'll be all right. Yep. I think he's, he'll still make another 100-ish K. Yep. Agreed there. Um, another guy you brought in, Connolly Lamulu. Mm. He's been solid, as you mentioned before, talking about Val Holmes. He's been solid, shown a good floor. Um, I think he's done enough to yeah. hold the spot while... Um, Kafusi's out suspended. Yeah. So, yeah, solid play there. What are you thinking with him, especially as your plans as an owner? Yeah, so I was sort of thinking about this last night very thoroughly, and Kafusi's back around eight. In an ideal world, Connolly is still starting, and I can hold him all the way through to round 13 and, um, you know, hold him over that origin period, eventually move him on. So that would be amazing if that, that eventuates, but... um. He may be a sell in the next few weeks, and I'll, you know, I've still made a hundred 
150k from him, so I'll be happy. But um, it's probably not ideal if Kafusi comes back straight in. But there is a reality where uh, Kafusi comes back in on his right edge, Connolly plays left edge, and Capron plays lock. Yeah, Gilbert plays prop, which I think looks way better. And I think sure. Bennett Bennett will be considering that. Yeah, well, it's it's got potential to be a move that could get you all the way through Origin. So, too late? Uh, yeah, just because of Kafusi coming back, I think it's a bit too late. Although I love his duel. The duel is so valuable. It's The difference between selling Alamotti and Dury for me this week has been Connolly's duel. And think about, like, you'd much rather hold Alamotti than Dury. Dury is a massive sell. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. And I'm very happy to have him on my side. I just... I just hope he can keep getting good minutes and pumping out good scores. He's due a try as well, I reckon. He just looks amazing. He said offload for um, him for the hammer try off mm. Osako. It was yeah. his offload that started it all. Really nice late offload. And Cabron with the ball playing. I think he looks good at lock as well. Yeah. So with a bit of luck. Moving on later into his career, probably yeah. it very much is an option. He looks really good at lock. And Bennett's shown that he wants to play him there. So, you know, it'd be really nice, I reckon. Is it the Hammers' time to go in our sides? Keep scoring tries, but probably just about maxed out. Yeah, it's not urgent, but uh, it, uh, that score in the teens is coming, I reckon. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until it does. But also, he might he might come out and get a ton eventually. So he's a, he's a fine hold if you don't knock keen on Marju, I reckon. But he's also absolutely happy to sell him. I sold him last week to Garrick, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yep, same here. Um, Penrith Manly. For the Panthers, James Fisher-Harris is out with an MCL injury, I believe. Matt Eisenhuth moves to prop and Lindsay Smith on the bench, who saw some good minutes last week. Probably not the worst front row downgrade option if anyone is looking for someone there at the moment. We'll have a few weeks of a window where he's playing some decent minutes off that bench. And still no Luke Garner nor Liam Martin for them. So the big dilemma is Zach Hosking, negative 55 break-even, um, averaging a load of points, scored a try in both weeks, coming off 117 and an 80. What's doing there? Okay, so it's probably the biggest topic to talk about this week is Zach Hosking. And um, I was very not keen on him at the start of the week, purely because I wanted to see what... It looked like with Martin and Garner there. So it's an old like sort of fantasy basketball thing where you've got a rotation of, of five players, but only they can only have 48 minutes in each position. Yep. This is the same sort of thing where they've got two edge spots, 160 minutes, right, and four mouths to feed. I don't see how they're going to fit those formats. One of them isn't going to be in the 17. Yep. That, that's the reality. There's only going to be three that fit in there mm. out of Garner, I think Martin, Salmon, Salmon and Hosking. I think Salmon, Salmon and Martin, when fit, are locked in because I think they, he likes Salmon's versatility off the bench and he can play anywhere, fill any hole. So I'd say he's probably number 17 locked in and then Martin starts. But what could happen and what would be amazing uh, for Hosking owners is Martin plays middle. He's played middle in the past, looked very good there. And he also is an 80-minute back rower. He, he can he can um, come off pretty frequently. Yep. So maybe um, 
Martin plays middle or Hosking. I just hope Hosking doesn't get benched. And that's what really worries me and why I wasn't so keen on buying him. But on the flip side, if he doesn't get benched, he probably becomes a keeper or at least a very good option. And we've missed a lot of points, a lot of money. Hence why I'm probably leaning to buy him. Not because I like him as an option, but because if I don't buy him, I could fall behind. Well, I think the key here is as far away as NRL coaches we are, we sort of have to put our feet into the shoes of Ivan Cleary a bit and just predict what's going to happen yep. come next week or whenever Martin Garner are ready to return. Personally, I think it's most likely Garner is not in the 17. Yeah, that's very possible. However, in the world that he is still in the best 17, in the comments from Ivan Cleary last week I around the speculation that, yep. around Garner being dropped, he said, no, he's not dropped, he's got a rib injury. Confirmed that was not him being dropped. So to me that says... He hasn't given up on Garner. Garner hasn't been that bad. Yeah. He hasn't filled the shoes of Kikau by any means. But he wasn't that bad starting. That's in the situation Garner is in this 17, I'm very worried for Hosking. However, there are scenarios where Hosking can play at least minimum 65 minutes on an edge consistently for the rest of the year in this yep. Penrith side. And in that scenario, there's at least 200k in Hosking. Yeah, well, the reality, yeah, the reality is, is he'll make good money, and, no matter what. Yeah, and that's why another reason why I'm thinking of buying him because I kind of want that money. And Hosking's probably he doesn't play 13. I know I keep talking about that, but like, if I can move him on to a guy who does at the cusp of that round, oh, I will. So I'm happy to bring him in, make the money, and then if I have to sell him because Martin and everyone's back, oh, that'd be great. And the other reality is, is they're not back this week. Yeah. It's Sorensen and him on the edges. So we don't know when they're going to be back. We can assume it's going to be next week, but we thought it was going to be this week. Yeah. So they could stay out for, for even longer and Hosking continues to kill it. It reminds me almost of a Heinz-type situation. With or, the reality is Hosking's yeah. playing well. Yeah, he's playing well. He's, playing, he's guaranteed 80 this week. And we can't just always be looking into the future and saying, oh, he might, he might not be in the side two weeks' time. He's, not, he's in the side right now and playing 80 and has a negative 55 BE off the back of two tries. He scored 117 in his first game. Um, well, that's what I wanted to touch on real quick. The base and power for Hosking, there's a very large difference between round one or yeah. round four for him and round five for well, his last yeah. two weeks. Albeit there was a bit of golden point in that power yeah. matchup, but those four minutes probably don't change much. There's also round five was a... Factor in the round five was a bit of a blowout, and he wouldn't. He didn't have the time. He didn't have the ability yeah. to make these tackles. And the para matchup was a back and forth, no stoppage yep. game. Yeah. So forty-seven tackles in that para game, twenty-three in the Canberra game. It's, a but big it, it's polar opposites um, in terms of the game script. So I think I'd assume we can accept um, expect something in between. Yep. Because um, I think he based about eighty. Yeah. Almost in base and power in that para game, whereas last week it was around, I think, 40, 50 odd. So I think we can sort of assume that base and power probably will sit around 50, 55. Because he, he, for an edge, he gets to do a lot of work. Yep. Better yeah. than most of them. Yeah, well, I, I just think I'm going to buy him because he looks like he's going to score really well. And worst case scenario, 
is 150k and, and two trades. So, well, uh, the reality is I'm probably going to be moving on. The guy I'm selling is Hopgood, and I'm probably moving him on next week anyway. Well, finally, is it worth a boost? Is Hosking worth a boost? Yeah, I th- I think he is. Uh, for me, I, I will be boosting for Hosking. Depend if you if you're um, using a fourth boost to do it, don't. But I think I'm going to be using my third boost to do Hopgood to Hosking, and it's more just to just cover my ass because I could be burnt. So easily if um I don't buy him and he, he makes two hundred K becomes a keeper. Yeah. It's 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 just there's too many uh, possibilities. And it, it works on the other hand, there's too much unknown to maybe like buy him, but a negative fifty five BE financially it makes so much sense. Yep. I've got more not a lot more to say on him, but a bit more to say on him when we talk trades at the end of yep. the end of the episode as to my situation. But I think that's the verdict on Hosking right now. If you're Personally, sure that he will not continue to start. By all means, miss it. But to me, it's scary. Yeah, you can't. You can't be sure. And I was of the opinion that you can't feed four mouths with 160 minutes. But you know, Fisher Harris out. Martin might move to the middle. It's just, it just would suck next week. TLT after Hoskins has already scored a ton this week, running at Schuster's hole. By the way, Schuster and Talangi new combination. Schuster's. Perennially a pretty bad defender. Um, if he already scores 100 this week... Named again next week. Named again yeah. next week. Martin's in the 10 jersey. You're in all sorts. Yep. And I just don't, I don't want to put myself through that. Yep. For Manly, um, Christian Tuipilotu and Ben Trebojevic both out, as well as Cooper Johns with the return of Josh Schuster at 5'8". Jason Saab also comes in on the wing. For Manly, Josh Schuster, those that don't have him... Is it buyer? We spoke about this last week. It's pretty much the same situation, except he was ruled out late last week. Buy him. Yeah, he's still buy, but um, you don't um, need temper to. expectations. He's not yeah. going to be a home run by any means. It's just he's cheap. He Handy won't score well this jewel. week. I don't think he'll score well this week. The jewel's handy. The jewel's very handy, especially for the non-Hines owners who have yep. like at halfback, yep. um, like you and myself. So yeah, he he is going to be bought for me. Um, don't think he's play in a lot of weeks, maybe against the Tigers and the Titans, but he won't make a stack of cash, I don't think, but it's enough to warrant the trades. And he plays 13. Yep. So the, when you play 13 and that, you have that duel, you can carry him all the way to then. Hopefully he makes 250k in that time. So, uh, yeah, here he's in my side and probably not leaving for a little while. Um, in saying that, you probably don't need to buy him this week. You may lose 30K, 30, 40K by not buying him this week. So if you've got other things, you probably don't need to. Yep. And I'm almost considering myself not doing it to save a boost, but it'll make, make next week more difficult. Yep, for sure. Um, elsewhere for Manly, I guess Turbo and Garrick, very relevant options last week. Both didn't kill it. It could have been a lot bigger, but considering... The tight game, you can't be mad with their scores. No, it's good, well. Um, Broncos, Raiders. For the Broncos, pretty much the same as it's been the first month and a half. Um, nothing of note for them. Reese Walsh. What's the plan with him for owners? So this is probably one for myself to more answer. As a Walsh owner, there's really anything you can do with him. Well, whilst he's scoring well, I don't think you need to trade him out. Yeah, um... If he keeps averaging 90, 95, 
there's no need to move on from there. But, you know, if he does, the form starts to fade, the Broncos start to come down back to earth, there's options. And with the price he's at, you can pretty much go down to just about anyone. Mm. So I really... Ride Walsh as long as you can. I think most people doing well right now are going to... um, They're going to be on Walsh and they would have rode those good scores of the last month or so. But yeah, just keep riding it because he's killing it and he's just doing it every single week. Yeah, he's a good captain option this week. Um, Yeah, Walsh is... Walsh is just untouchable at the minute. Um, I wish I owned him. I really do. But the reality is, is hopefully Luttrell can um, outscore him this week. Uh, yeah, I'm very envious for those who maybe did Teddy to Walsh or Luttrell to Walsh. And you're 400k of cash down ahead of me is the big thing. Yeah. But look, at the end of the day, um, I don't think what he's doing will just keep up for the whole year. I don't think he'll be the number two or even... Maybe not, not even number three um, fullback for the rest of the year, especially with Pappy coming back. You know, we hope Latrell will hit the strides. Teddy, when he returns, I all think that they're going to be better for the whole season than Walsh. But he's just untouchable at the minute. So, yeah, keep riding the wave. 100%. Payne Haas, another guy that owners are very much riding the wave with. At 750k, he's definitely out of reach for people to consider bringing him now. <laughs> but he just keeps reeling in attacking stats and it's not a surprise because he's an elite footballer elite front rower probably the best doing it but Payne Haas owners they have got a little step ahead of those with Tarpany at the moment and we expect Tarpany to um, close the gap throughout the rest of the year and that buy schedule for the Raiders is great but Payne Haas is killing it he's just a monster with the attacking upside of him is ridiculous at the moment. I still think his minutes are low. So it just doesn't matter though. It doesn't really matter is the um the real worry. Yeah, I hate not owning him, but look, at the end of the day it's front row. I set up the plan to just have the guys who'll cover carry me through origin and then look at Haas later. So yep. stick to your guard. You don't need to break your team for him, is my sort of my point. Yep. He's still a front rower. Yep, for sure. For the Raiders, um, Jared Croker returns to the NRL. Great to see in for Harley Smith-Shields and Matt Frawley comes out with Brad Schneider at 5'8". And a guy we love for the Raiders, obviously we've spoken about Tarpany just about every week. The same thing's going for him. He's hitting 60 every week with no offload and really no attacking stats that we expect from him. But a guy that we both love in the coming weeks, Hudson Young, I'm really keen on him. Like, um, so keen on him. <laughs> he's a guy I brought in late last year when he was on that hot try-scoring streak, so I have a very good history with him. Did you really? Term. Yeah, I did. <laughs> there you go. He, he scored a double for me, a couple, one week, and just tries everywhere. Connection with Jack White is great. Um, I love Hudson Young. What's hey. the ownership at? Oh. Because he's, he's a guy that's probably very much under the radar. 1%, 1981 teams. It's one that I'm going to love around Origin Period. I'll ride through with him and Tarpany for the Raiders. Already um, dropped a fair bit of cash. Con- yeah. Will continue to drop, I'd say. Price just under, just over 600k. Mm. Um, he started very expensive, but has dropped that dollar. Um, I love Hudson Young. Yeah, he can he can score you a ton. It's a reality. He's, um, very easily, very easily. 
try scorer, offloader, tackle buster. Um, yeah, it'll be very useful over the bye period. No one will have him too. And like I said with Jake Preston, we want those edge back rowers that can find the line and just have a ten tendency to get tackle bust, find an offload, and he's just one of those guys with that skill set. And in the first few weeks, tries weren't there for him, and now we've seen them come around the last couple. Um, I wish he dropped more cash. I wish he dropped more cash off the back of the, the game where he got Simbin and scored 19. I wish he dropped a bit more. He only ended up dropping about a, a 80k. That's sort of a testimony about how good he is. Yeah. 79 out of the night. So he can just find the line so easily. Like, I really, really like him. He'll be one I'm very much got on my radar. I'll say that he'll definitely be in my side. Yeah. In well, a couple months' time. He could be the same price as Jackson Ford or the small upgrade to, from Jackson Ford to yep. him. Yep. Absolutely love that for him. Um, Titans-Dragons. For the Titans coming off the bye, no AJ Brimson, no Kieran Foran, and Jaden Campbell at the back, Toby Sexton, 5'8". Um, first of all, how does this bide for Campiera? Obviously, the Dragons matchup looks good, but how much do we really love him? With Campbell at the back and Sexton at five eight, it's not ideal. Is he but, a player? Are you playing him? Yeah, probably. Just because Fafita's there. Well, that's the thing. Fafita was the guy that got him most of those line breaks two weeks ago. He got two tries this off Fafita. Yeah. Obviously, Foran created the space for the first one, but um. Well, Foran obviously got injured pretty early. He got he, he got hurt. So uh oh god, I I really 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 like the look of um Fafita and AKP. They're a good stack for me. They scored so well a couple of weeks ago. Um, I obviously don't expect tons from both of them again. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing them. I like AKP's upside. In saying that, I may, depending on how my week's going, I may go forward instead, play forward. But it all sort of depends on how things start. Like, if we're trail brains it, I'll probably just play AKP and hope that, you know, I can continue to, like, have a massive week. But if I need a bit of consolidation and I don't want to score a 10... I'll uh, bring in, oh, I'll play Ford instead. Yeah, um, for the Titans off the bench, Tino's younger brother, Isaac Fasul Malawi, bottom dollar FRF. Um, people are looking at downgrading to him. How do you think the role in the side bides for him? Because that pack is looking quite quite thin this week. Yeah. But how, how much can you really get out of him? Well, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a... Front rower, cheapy. <laughs> they never have a lot of upside in them. Yep. Yeah, I don't hate it if it means you can get good moves going. Like, if you can downgrade maybe Stefano to uh, Isaac, and then you've got 200k to do getting some genuine keepers, then, yeah, fair enough to you. But, yeah, I'm not going out of my way. He's not like he's a must, but he no, is no. an option. He's very much an option. Yeah. Um, for the Dragons, no changes of note. Um, super coach wise, I've just got down Zach Lomax is probably going to be a watch for round 13. However, not setting the world on fire, but he's just always a guy that is there and about with super coach relevancy. He scored real well last week. Um, he's not going to lose as much money as I would have hoped, which is a bit annoying. But yeah. After that Sharks game, that looked promising that he we could really get him cheap in a couple months' time. However, I really he hope, I really hope he drops some. Catch. I really hope he drops a bit of money, and I'll be able to go like AKP sideways to him. That would be awesome. Um, definitely on my radar. Just watch out though, because Amon last year played right side, and Lomax played right centre, and 
he didn't really like to pass him the ball a whole lot, Lomax. And um, Hunt is playing the right this year. Amon's playing the left, which is not what I expected, but it's how it's happened. And, again, Amon doesn't really like to pass that much. He's followed poor old Zachy Lomax. <laughs> yeah, so poor, poor Lomax might not get that much ball. But you just watch him. If he's offloading, if he's you know kicking all his goals, which has been a bit of a problem early on, and if he looks likely, then, yeah, he'll um, be a great option. He started the year really well. He went 82-59, which, you know, no, you can't really ask for that much, that much more from a guy in the Dragons team, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Moving on to Knights Warriors. For the Knights, Tyson Gamble out with Phoenix Crossland moving to 5-8, and Kurt Mann comes back onto the bench. For the Knights, Greg Marju... One of the big two yep. options this week. Um, negative 44 BE, averaging 43 in base as well as 21 in power. So that's providing a floor of 60, 65 weekly, it seems. It's ridiculous. He's a great pickup. Yep, I think he's a genuine keeper. The draw's not amazing, so don't expect tons every week. But he only needs a try. And the Knights' attack looks likely. Ponga, you mentioned, was at... Yeah, training again. He's around the corner. He was at training yesterday. Um, what that means for his return date, I'm not sure. It's good to be a few weeks, two months maybe. Very likely will still be weeks away. However, it's definitely good signs because with Marju on the left edge, we do want Ponga there with him. Yeah. Obviously, Phoenix Crossland probably isn't going to be the best playmaker. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that, but I think it's going to be okay because Lockie Miller's still going to be there. Yeah, so. Miller's the guy that has been sort of feeding him yeah. over the last couple. Don't like Crosland for um, Marju, but at the end of the day, I don't really care that much because Marju... Well, he presents a floor of 60. I don't expect really tons matter. from him. I, I'm just going to happy to have a 75, 60 week in, week out from him, which is just amazing at centre wing, and he's got upside... There's a, he could get dropped. Yeah, we touched on that last week. There is always the the chance that he does drop out of the seventeen. Everyone knows. The thing with Marju, those defensive deficiencies, yeah. but his attack makes up for it. I think. Whereas Hummel Hunt, like it's not that much upside in it. And with Marju, I was keen on him last week anyway. That's why it's been a no brainer for me this week. I wanted to bring him in last week. Yep. So I, I don't really mind. Well, for me, he was a guy I wanted to start with in round one. Mm. And I'm making somewhat a sideways trade this week, I believe. However, it frees up 100k for me. And it was just the guy that I had to pick instead of Marshu and Nick mm. Meany. So, a bit of a no-brainer for my yeah. Marshu in. Um, the floor he presents, if he drops out after this week, you're still getting 100k out of him. Yeah, I just think it's a bit of a no-brainer. Look at how good Hastings was in this game, um, the Knights game last week. Oh, for sure. Hastings has been very good. Yeah. No, no, obviously, obviously not a super coach option, but um, just for the Knights in general, and if he's he, a general. him staying fit, he's amazing. Yeah. He's just so good for them. Because his team is very much overperformed. I think the Knights we looked at as a great matchup last week for Manly, but they they look all right. <laughs> last week really proved to me they can score points. And forwards coming back, they're only getting stronger. So they, as the team they're playing this this week, mm-hmm. the Warriors have also proved they're not a good yeah. matchup whatsoever. Um, these two the, these two teams are much watched TV at the moment, by the yeah, way. The, the draw that we sort of assessed at the start of the year, teams aren't quite, quite playing out how we expected them to. Um, elsewhere for the Knights, Lockie Miller, he just keeps scoring. Oh, um, God. He's a freak. Got the kicking, continues to improve at fullback. 
he's a potential keeper if this stays as it is. However, Kalen Ponga back soon. I don't know if he goes back to 5'8 after what happened. I don't, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of unknown there. And I think Miller's at about 750k at the moment. You can't displace him, though. He's, he's been amazing. Um, owner's, yeah. owner's cheering, though. He might not be a keeper, but you definitely hold him through to 13 where he'll play. Um, he's got a buy in 14. But I still think you hold him. He's a he's a massive gun, great pod. Um, I'm not running rushing to bring him in though. And just quickly, Jack Johns at 234k, two RF only. No, I wouldn't say a popular cheapy, but an option for a lot of people. Yeah. For me, I don't like it. Kurt Mann's on the bench. I don't see Johns playing more than 50. Don't expect the world from him. But um, he, you, could, you probably could grab 100, 150k yeah. out of him. But I just don't like it at 2RF with all the things that are going on there. If he had a, somehow had front row forward with playing lock, then yeah, but not at 2RF for me. He's an okay buy. He's an okay buy, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't need to do the downgrade this week, so I won't be looking at him. Yeah, for the Warriors, Tamari Martin comes back in for Ronald Volkman, and Murata Nikore is suspended with Tohu Harris being named to return. Tohu, is he a must-buy when those major buys and orange period come around? Because he plays that 13, I believe. He does. The 14. I've got a lot to talk about, Tohu. Yeah, he is a must. I love it. Yeah, so um, there's two teams in the whole of the NRL that during round 13 to round 20 have only one buy. Every other team has two, and the Dolphins and the Warriors have one. This is why I think Tohu is an absolute must during that period. So he goes Broncos, Dolphins, Raiders. He'll play all three. The only buy he has is sixteen, and in sixteen I had a look. There's some good options, so you'll be okay. To, you'll be okay without him. And there's Dragons, Rabbitohs, Eels, Sharks. He he's going to be so valuable when he only misses one game there, compared to Murray who might play three or two. So uh, yeah, um, definitely, 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 definitely. Tohu will be an absolute must during Origin. Another factor for Tohu's he's. Priced at 630k right now, 101 break even. Um, we're going to be able to pick him up for a bit of a bargain, it seems. Might only be 150k from uh, Stefano to Tohu, which will be absolutely unbelievable for us. For those who already have Hines and don't have any moves that they have to force next week with Stefano on buy, I think that's one you've got to consider if you're one yep. of those people. Because oh, we yeah. just can't. Do that next week. I'm even considering Tohu this week. I'm not probably not going to do it, but instead of going Dury to Maju, I can actually do Stefano to Tohu. But I don't think I'm going to. It's just something we, I'm considering. We're not sure he plays this week. I think we assume he will. Yeah. Could be lower minutes and has that high break even. He's very much on my list though. He was on my list in round two when um I sold Nikure as well. So yep. he's he's a gun. Um, is this our last window to buy Jackson Ford? Um, negative 10 break even, mid 300k. He's already pretty expensive, yeah. So, um, no. Um, yeah, it is the last window, massively. I think once he has this price rise and sort of nears 400k, he's probably not providing that much value anymore. No. This is probably still another 150k in him. Martin's back as well. Martin was really good for him. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Um, and this is the thing, when... Some attacking stats do come around from him. Then we'll really see that cash jump up. And he's got a solidified role in that team as well. I think a lot of pieces are moving around him with injury. Yep. 
and he's a guy that we can really bank on playing 80 each week. And he's not a guy you have to start in your 17 each week he probably is going to provide a 45 most weeks. However, he's got a solid enough floor to, I think be able to bank on him when you need him. I think him. he can even exceed 45 most weeks. I think last week was uh, there was no Martin, so they weren't looking to go left as much. And um, Eshtay just took the reins. Yep. So he still looked all right, though. They, they literally scored... Two tries off Ashday's hip on the right edge, right edge back rowers. Yep. Um, Tamari Martin's back. Tamari Martin looked so likely with him. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to play him this week. I think the more I think about it, yeah, he's a gun. Yeah, um, as you just mentioned, Sean Johnson absolutely killing it. Potential pod, however, with Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary at halfback, I think you've got to rush to get those guys in as quick as you can. And these plays at halfback that can gain you 100k in a week but then it is a one to two week play it's just not worth it if Sean Johnson had 5-8 duels I would probably be considering it yeah I think a lot of people would consider it a lot more but you just can't do it and we're trying to rush to Hines and Cleary is the 100k really worth yep so there's 2,000 madmen who are trading out Hines this week and I'm a just lot looking. Of those would be to Johnson. I thought it was going to be pretty much all to Johnson, but there's guys who still don't have Cleary who are doing Hines to Cleary. Maybe they also have SJ and they're going to do SJ to Hines next week. Um, if you've saved a lot of trades, I don't actually hate. I, like, I know it seems crazy selling Hines, but I actually don't. I don't overly hate that move, uh, Hines to Johnson. If you've got, if you've banked like a ton of trades, but you have to buy Hines next week. Back. So if you've if you've already saved like three, four or five, then maybe. But no, I'm... could be another ton here against the Knights. As we said, not a great matchup, but could be. SJ is just playing brilliant footy. Yeah, it's really good to see just from a general standpoint as a fan of the game. He's just enjoying it. That um, yeah, love to the see press him. conference after the game. He's just enjoying his footy again, and it's the twilight of his career. And yeah, just he's happy to be back home. The goal kicking is always good for him too. Um, it just sucks that he's only half back. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to the final game of the round on Monday, Tigers-Eels. Monday footy. For, yeah, you love Monday footy, Eastern Monday. Um, for the Tigers, this is a game they always sort of get up for. They do, yeah. For their sake, I hope they provide something. I don't know if they will. Staines moves back to fullback and Dewey at 5'8", where he previously... <laughs> Previously was, it's just a carousel within that spine, and we never see this work whenever teams are sort of moving important no, It happened to the dogs for years. It happened to the dogs for years. You it can't be moving around out. your spine. You just need to set and forget and just do your best. So for Adam Dewey, are owners looking to sell him with the buy next week? or is it? I think his value is so low, sitting about 520k. You just have to ride out the wave now if you've held him He's through, a good pod now, through I this. think. I think he's a very good pod now because... Uh, he's only going to get healthier. Yeah. He's back at six. That's the big thing. He's, he's a good 5'8". I don't know what you can get out of that value at 500k now. No. Unless maybe... Maybe do it a Schuster. I don't think I'd do that for 260, 270k or whatever. True. And if all I was the, doing that, I'd want more. It's team dependent, but um, I wouldn't want Katoa and Schuster at 5'8", so definitely I wouldn't be moving him on to Schuster if you already had a Katawa there. But I think if uh, if you've got Munster, Munster Dewey sitting there, don't hate. Even going up to Dylan Brown would be a good move. Even though he's got a massive B, I don't hate that. Um, Stefano Otokamanu, also on bye next week. 
for those who have him as their second front rower... Like both of us. Yeah, and a lot of people <laughs> out there would because you don't really want to stack front row that much that he's your third one. However, a lot of people would as well. How are we dealing with the buy next week? Depending on who you have as your third man up, it could be where you have to make a move to have someone that is actually playable that will give you 40. Yeah. Do you think he is sellable next week, if possible? Yeah, well, he's very much sellable next week. I won't be because we Hines. have Hines to deal with. He's even sellable this week, by the way. Um, if you have the opportunity, do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, moving on to Tohu, moving on to Griffin Neem, maybe. Um, not totally in love with that, but like you got to make money on that trade. Uh, yeah, he's got to go eventually. I'm just going to have to play. God, ben Murdoch Masilla next week, who who scored fifty, he scored fifty last week. But yeah, so next week in Stefano's buy, I will be taking a hit on Ben, ben Murdoch Masilla, purely out of necessity. But uh, yeah, try to move him on when you can. It's there's no urgency to it though because he's only got ten points on. A lot of people have Cappy. He's only got well, yeah, ten points for on me. Them. I'm just playing Cappy next week yeah. because the difference between them, apart Cap- from apart from the week where Stefano mm. scored the try. Cappy's been putting out 45 each week as well, so... Well, yeah, Cappy only scored five less, so five points. Is anyone getting angry about that? No. Yeah, so for me, Cappy just slots in next week and I make the move to Tohu from Stefano when I can yeah. after that. Um, the, other, yeah. the other thing is, is it goes Stefano's buy, Tarpany's buy. So um, you're going to be playing Cappy two weeks in a row. Unless you can try to buy um Tohu before then, yep. so yeah, it's it's okay. It's it's again, it's FRF. You get the, the maximum points you're losing is like forty. Well, once again, from Tarpanay to Cappy, it may only be twenty twenty five points. Yeah, you can live with that. So yeah, um, for the Eels, changes for them: Bailey Simonson out suspended. Wanga Blake dropped. Matt Dory also dropped. The return of Sean Lane onto the edge spells very good things for Dylan Brown. Um, Bryce Cartwright holds an edge spot. Ryan Madison starting at lock. Sean Russell, Hayes Dunster. Also onto the edges, Sean Russell, left centre, Hayes Dunster, changes, right wing. Yeah. And the biggest point of all, I think, on a lot of people's minds, Jermaine Hopgood on the bench. However, I'll say straight off the bat with Hopgood, this doesn't change very much with him. No. He may get five to ten less minutes, but... I don't think he's an urgent sell. A lot of people see that little he's not icon win. on yeah. the bench on their super coach and go, we need to trade Hopgood. He's 550K playing on the bench. His value, I don't think the value is quite high enough, no, personally. Well, he's not going to leak cash. I've seen a few people. Break even a 40. He's going to leak, leak too much cash. He's not going to leak cash at all, I don't think. It's more you can move him on to Hosking and make money on Hosking. But if he, like he's not an urgent sell at all. I love if you're holding him, but like I was already going to move him on for Hines next week. Yeah. So like, that was already the plan. That was always my plan before he got benched with Maddo and Paulo back. I was always going to move him on. I don't. That, that, the minutes are capped. He still will score well, but I don't see him going tons. I don't think you could also... It's tough because it's the Monday game, so you don't really know. I wouldn't rule out that he does start and Maddo comes off the yeah, bench. Yeah, probably will. I that, think he will. That's very much an option. But it doesn't I think matter. Either it's the way, same thing, though. Like, either way, he's probably playing 55, 60 minutes, I think. Yeah, well, we're Greg is... Yeah, especially with Greg there. 
It's more um, next week I'm worried about when Paul is back. Yeah. It's more next week when Paul is back that I'm really worried about. But if he's playing 55 minutes, I think he's still going to get an average of 55 anyway. He won't leak any money at all. Um, Yeah, I don't know really what else I can say there. He's He's not urgent enough to be by far the sell of the week in my opinion. Well, he's just very highly owned. Is what that sort of yeah, that that's off. definitely a big factor. That's very true. But yeah, if you can hold him, he'll be handy. Plays all three major by round Will he? 13, 16, 19. We play Origin. I don't think he'll play. Origin. No, he probably won't play Origin. But it's just like it could happen. Yeah, um, has the two buys in between them, fourteen and sixteen, I think. What was it fourteen? No, no, not seven, sixteen. Seven, seven, eight, sorry, fourteen, seventeen. Sixteen, one of the major ones. Um, so, yeah, helpful. It's 14-18. So, his buy in 18 is the week everyone plays. So, it's not that effective. Like yeah. It doesn't really matter that much. So, if you can hold him through there, he's not going to leak cash. I don't understand the thought behind that. Um, but if he has to go, he has to go. Yep. For us, if he's a gun that we have to sell to Hines, I'm very happy with that. Yep. Um, elsewhere for Para, Ryan Madison, buy period, player of difference. I love it. Yeah, he's so expensive though, is my issue. And, you know, he might, he'll have games where he scores tons and scores tries. It's like 60 if he doesn't. And, like, you're not getting killed. He's such a good option though, in saying that. Like, brilliant option. He's far from like a must or anything like that. Like, no, very much not. Yeah, no. The guy that's not on a lot of radars, I don't think. He probably will as he starts to continually put out these 60, 70 point performances. As the usual, everyone will be reminded of the super coach goal that he is. However, it's a lot of money to fork out. Well, he looked like one of the best options midway through last year, and then he had that rib cartilage injury. Yep. He looked amazing off the bench. Well, he, yeah, there was a few weeks where he was killing it, mm. scoring tons, not doing yep. a whole lot, just offloading for fun. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere for Para, a massive note for this game. Hayes Dunst done Sean Russell. Watch Hayes Dunster price at 234k. Sean Russell at 366, so a bit more expensive. More interested in Dunster out of those two, just as a downgrade option. However, Dunster's spot is definitely less locked in because Sean Russell's coming for Wonga Blake. Yeah. Replace Wonga Blake's extended bench. So Russell right now has won that spot. Mm. However, he doesn't really provide much value in downgrade. As a centre as well, I don't know. I don't want to say what I'm saying. Also, Dunster's perennially been really, really, really bad for Supercoach scoring. Like, his high score of his career is 70. He had a try and an assist in that game. It's obviously, that's what you expect from these low-base wings, but, you know, he, he he's not going to be amazing. A couple of watches, though. I don't think Dunster holds Bailey Simonson out. No, that's why I probably won't be moving to him. So, yeah, a couple of guys to just keep an eye on there. That will wrap up our TLT review. Moving on to some strategy, Nico Hines on buy. For non-owners, this is the time to strike, and for owners, don't sell him. Yeah, this is our big swing week, hopefully. We can be 200 points above par, par because everyone's got 900k sitting there, hopefully. Obviously, Supercoach isn't all like that. It's not black and white, but uh, yeah. Those yeah. teams will have enough depth to play someone. They will. They're probably not going to be someone they're keen on, though. It could be the difference between Alan Moddy and Marshu. Yep. Alamotti and us playing Cam Murray. What people sell Cam Murray. Yep. So this is the week where hopefully we can get a big swing. Um, it might not pan out that way. At the end of the day, green is green. So it's ha- I'll be happy with whatever. As what- I said earlier, we're just trying to sort of 
keep climbing mm. up until that start. It's of the all gradual. If yeah. we can sit near that top one k, come that bike period, that's when we really want to strike. Yeah. But this is also a swing week for us where we want to keep making up another fifty to hundred yeah. points. Whereas last week was consolidation. You ended up exceeding that. I I ended up being able to see a little bit of green. So. This week's the week. Well, my original plan last week was to forego Heinz and Garrick. I did end up buying Garrick. Worked out well. So it wasn't exactly a holding week. However, with no Heinz, I just wanted to hold. Mm. Yeah, you scored, scored massive. Yeah, and sort of going a good 50, 100 above par was massive mm. without him. So that helps me. And like, yeah, we just want to, we want to end up near the pack at the top. Before those buyers, and this week is a one where non-owners mm-hmm. want to really hit. Yeah. Um, round 13, only a couple months away, as we sort of spoke about last week. It's probably too early to be buying guys just for that. But I'd just say for everyone out there, we are not. We will later go through a bit more of a yep. buyer-specific plan and go through all of the buyers and watches when that time comes around because it's obviously way too early as I said, to be buying guys for that time now. But just on your own, I think, do your research, have mm-hmm. a look who's playing, check out the guns, check out all the draws, and do your own plans for that. Yeah, I'm, it, It's a massive yeah. difference maker. Big time. I'm very much looking right now at each buy, the weeks after, the backing up schedules, who's going to be a sell. Um Cleary's the big one for me, whereas if Hines is also an origin, I'll probably have to sell one of those. I don't want to be without a halfback because halfback's such a big position. Um, Moses is a good shout there. But like, there's just so many things to look at. Obviously, still a lot of variables, so don't do it this this uh, this far out yep. because so many things can go wrong. Someone might do their ACL and then you're down a number, you're down two trades, you know what I mean? Like, There's no need to sell, definitely don't sell guns yet. But yeah, just um, keep it in your back of mind. Watch. It's time to start planning. Big time, big time. I agree. Because now's the sort of time where you're looking at guys, as we mentioned with the Warriors, with Torhu, with great schedules over there, you want to be able to start planning your moves. Because when it comes to it and you have four trades in round 13 and you haven't done anything, yeah, you can make four trades then, but you can be set up so much better yeah. if you had have just set a bit of a plan for it. Mm-hmm. And now with, I think, a lot of people... Just about to all have Heinz, Cleary, Turbo. Like, everyone's going to have their guns in now. It's going to be the time where we can start making moves yep. that are slightly different. We can start making strategic plays that other people aren't making. Yeah, and we like to say don't sell guns, but thirteen, around 13 to around 20, be ruthless. Sell your guns. You can you can get ahead by doing it. Like last year, selling Cleary paid off for the other guys who bought Moses. You know what I mean? Like It, it can work out. Yep. Big time. Um, finally, for those that have, you know, near max traded, yep, like really <laughs> spent them to get your team set up, will two boosts be enough to move ahead with? Because um, I think we can agree that one is not. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think two is sweet for me because we get the, you know, the boost in 13, 16, 19 anyway. Like, we get, we get an extra trade. Yeah. Obviously, moving f- uh, using four in those weeks will be awesome. But like, I don't know if it'll be necessary if you plan well enough. I don't think it's necessary for 13 specifically. We get an extra three weeks to just, you know, bring people in for that price specifically. You don't really need to use boosts for that. Yep. So 13 will be, I won't be using one there. Yeah, for sure. My plans are to use one 
round 16, round 19, or round one of those two and round 20. Yep, 2020s, I think I'll definitely be locking and boost that week yep. to get those guys back in that we may have pushed out out of necessity to gain points. And then I think it'll be take your pick between 16 and 19. If we get to 16 That's and my plan. the guns there aren't a whole lot enticing, I might just go 19 and 20 boosting. Mm. Yeah, But yeah, 13, I'm not really even considering it because I think I'm going to be able to set myself up for 13 in the weeks prior. Another thing to consider is targeting 13 guys who also play 16. So I actually I wrote I wrote down a few uh, in my notes. So the guys who play thirteen and sixteen, um, you want your manly guys. Yep, manly, uh, para guys, um, and realistically that that's probably the main two. And then warriors won't play sixteen, but as I said that's before, their only buy. that's their only buy. So. Warriors will be that 16-19. So you just sort of think about it like, again, I'll, I'll reference fantasy basketball, who, the guys who play, you know, there's a lot of back-to-backs in that. Yep. And you can capitalise points and games played on those back-to-backs. It's pretty similar here. So you're going to think, think instead of using trades on thinking about cash, you're thinking about games played and points. So you're just trying to maximise as many games played. And also remember, if you don't know already, that 13, 16, and 19, you get your best 13 and we also get a free loop that week, so make sure you're factoring in those with captains. And like you, when you look at a matchup, the the matchups for each major buy, there's clear captain options. Yeah, definitely factor in them. You're going to want probably Moses against the Warriors in 19, maybe. I, I don't know. It's still a long way to go. Yeah, but like there's certain guys you're definitely going to want. Like Garrick will be a great captain option around 13. So just you, there's certain guys who I almost consider musts, and you're going to want them. Yeah, because if you can sort of put together 13 players in each of those weeks, but if you don't get that standout yep. that everyone's going to captain, it really won't mean anything. Yeah, and don't treat it... So previous years, you treat each buyer respectfully. This time, we're looking at a whole period. Yep, the week after, yep. 14, the week 17, 20-day yep. could all just be just as important. You don't want the... You, ideally, you don't want to target the guys who have buyers in 15 and 18 when everyone's playing, you know what I mean? Like... It wouldn't be... It's not great to have those extra buys, which you can avoid. Yeah. But in saying that, Para is still a team I'm really targeting. So. Yeah. Um, moving on to our pod segment, three players going under the radar. Super pods this week. Absolute super pods. So, um, first of all, it's Griffin Neem at 0.8%. I know, it's very unattractive, Griffin Neem, but 1BE this week. Um, scored really well last week, had a junk line break assist in there, but still, you know, he, he, he made a bunch of tackles, good hit-ups. Not one I'm even really looking at, but um, 370k at FRF. If you need 50k from Stefano, I don't hate that. You're going to get points next week. Yep. So, um, yeah, he's guaranteed to make money. That bench is eviscerated. I don't think he'll play edge this week, by the way. No. Yeah, no, I think he'll be prop. Um, but, yeah, I, I can, you can do a lot worse. It's not one I'm personally looking at. Another name I've got down is, um, I'm just sort of looking at centre wing ceiling here and Sivo's got some you know, he's going to be useful for that, as I said before with Paro in general, are going to be useful but yeah, Michael Sivo um, very sneaky pot knows his way, way to the trial line 1.9% Dillbags, Lane's back that left edge should be humming yep. Wonga, glue hands Wonga um, not going to be inside him anymore so Sivo becomes real interesting. Yep. Um, Sean Russell, who's going to be inside him, is a fullback. 
by um by trade, like he's played fullback in reserve. So yep. his hands should be slick. Yep. So uh, look look out, you know, Sevo. He's one of those guys, you know. Every now and then he's got one twenty in him. He scored a one sixty before as well. So like, when he's on, he's on, and could be handy in one of those major buy rounds. Yep. Yeah, he's pod to watch, pod to watch massively. Yep. And then another one I've got in there is a guy who I've written in on my buy planning for the buy period as a pretty much a buy, a guy who we're looking at. At 400k is Jason Saab, one of the biggest ceilings in the comp in Manly, at Manly. He's got yeah, one, of the big, right wing. one of the biggest ceilings you can have. He's um, an absolute weapon. Obviously, come back off an ACL. We don't expect him to be as fast. The thing I'd think to watch here, obviously we know Saab can go 15, 10, yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah. If he just has a couple of those games in the next few weeks, and once again we can grab him real cheap. Could be 300k. Real cheap. Then it's very interesting, and it's almost a low-risk play somehow. He's such a high-risk player, it's low-risk. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't go well, he's not going to go anywhere from that price. Very much on my radar. He's, yep. He even scored well last year. Like, obviously, he can score so bad. Like, we're talking single digits. But there are games where he'll score the tries, especially with Tom. Yeah. Just keep an eye on him. For sure. Finally, skippers and trades for the week. I'll let you start with your trades. Yep. Okay. What are your plans this week? So right now, as it stands, um, obviously. It seems to be a common occurrence that every week I uh, say my trades and they end up changing. But this is what I'm locked in on, and it's I'm boosting for the third time. Not something I really want to do, but I just it's almost it's a, it, it's FOMO, but it's not FOMO because I really like the players. It's FOMO because I don't want to fall behind because of how good they like they could be. Yeah, yeah, and that's I'm bringing in Hosking and Maju, yep. as well as. Um, for 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 Dury and Pizet, pretty much. Uh, for Dury and Hopgood, and then I'm also doing Schuster to Pizet because that just makes sense for me. I think that's that. Uh, originally, I was just doing Schuster, Marju, Dury, Pizet, absolute no brainers. But I am boosting Hopgood to Hosking because he's going to make money. I could fall behind if I don't buy him. He should score really well this week. The reality is, is the players who we're expecting back aren't back yet. Yep. So I'm in a very similar position to you this week. I have locked in Nick Meany to Greg Marju. Frees up 120k for me. I was considering it being Val Holmes, but I just decided Meany's time in my team is going to be up eventually. Val Holmes potentially has good scores coming. Um, I just sort of going to take my win with Meany. I've got a lot of Melbourne players as well and they do have a tough few yeah, weeks into a buy. So I've got Munster, Grant, Elikatoa already so I think Meany sort of makes sense to go now. That frees up 120k for me to look at Nico Hines next week and then I'm also doing near Corey to Jackson Ford which I think just makes sense. Frees up another 150k um, Ford's locked in there. Corey has to go out for two weeks. My only dilemma, however, is Zach Hosking and whether I boost to go from Dory to Hosking. Obviously, we've already mentioned all the factors to do with Hosking. It just depends. One, if I want to use my third boost. Makes it more difficult next week for Heinz, doesn't it? Yeah, it it uses only 130k, which is, it's why it's so enticing because Dory's dead wood. Yep. He's not going to be helpful at any point again this year unless injury occurs, which he probably won't even be helpful in that situation and it's just only 130k to go from a guy that 
has zero value to a guy that potentially could be a keeper and is going to gain a couple hundred K. So it's very tempting, and I think I'll end up doing it just out of the upside. And the you don't want to ruin your team. He's Deadwood. Yeah, That's exactly. That's my thoughts. And so from there, I have 150K spare that next week will have to turn into 350K For, to get Hopgood to, get to, Hopgood to Hines, yeah. which is probably going to be forced from Alamotti to bottom dollar, or if Val Holmes doesn't play well, it could be him. Or potentially... Or Cam Murray. Yeah, Murray. If it's Cam Murray, then I can just free up another 100K and then I'm there. Yep. So that's my Heinz plan and what I'm doing. Yeah, pretty similar to me. So my Heinz sort of contingency plan is next week I can do Murray. I've got 250K there. Yep. So I can do Murray straight to Heinz in one trade. And right now that's what I'm looking like doing. Yep. But I can also do um, two centre wings out because I've got Connolly there. So I can yep. do I can do Warbrick and Alamotti to bottom dollar and um, Heinz. Yep. Hopefully. if Provided Warbrick makes enough money for that. But if that doesn't sort of work out, I can just do Murray. So I, I will be able to get Hines. Is the reality? Yeah, Hines is definitely going to be in both sides next week. Yeah. Um, skipper plans for the week. Yeah. So um, with Franklin Pele, I can't loop. I don't have. Obviously, I don't have Hines. So Franklin Pele is my only non-playing player this second week. Second game of the week. And he's second game of the week. So my VC, I'm, my hands forced, and I'm right now. I'm a monster. But I think I'm going to go Grant. Roosters concede to hookers. I was looking at the data last night. So I think um, Grant will be my VC. And captain is Latrell Mitchell. But don't tell anyone in case it backfires. So, yeah, no, I'm a little bit worried with Latrell. Like, it could blow up in my face, but it also could uh, absolutely skyrocket me up the ranks. It's all in play, and I think you have to do it. Yeah. He's got the best matchup out of all the sort of options. Well, I mean, Walsh is also, you could say, he does. But I think, oh, yeah, it's probably the best matchup out of anyone. Yep. So I'm in the same situation loop-wise, having to vice captain on Thursday night yeah. in the Melbourne game. So Grant on Munster there with the VC for me. And then it comes down to how risky am I willing to play it? Am I going to take a 70, 80, potentially more from Nathan Cleary? against Manly in one of the only day games that the options are in, by the way. And we always like to captain day games. Clear is in that 5.30 game at Penrith. However, Manly aren't a great matchup. Yep. So, Cleary or it's Reese Walsh, 7.30 Saturday. Are you considering Turbo at all? No. No? Not against Penrith. No, okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, don't, I can't captain against Penrith in Penrith. As good as Turbo is... He hasn't actually looked that great no, from just no. a footy standpoint I in agree, general, yeah. so I'm going to back him in to not really get over 70. Yeah. However, Cleary, I don't mind. Manly have oh, given points to teams, yeah. so Cleary's one option, and then obviously, as you mentioned, Reese Walsh, 7.30 against Canberra. I think... Could be another time. I think oh, if I was in your position, I would probably go Walsh. They're both over 10% captain. There's going to be a big... um. Sort of range again this week. Still a bit of love for Grant, a bit of paint house love too. So um, I just still depends think, how much risk I want to take. Yeah, depending. Just judge how your week's going. Like if you start off, that's it. I can decide on Saturday. If you start off on fire. You can probably you know afford to risk it on Walsh. Yeah. If you're really killing it, so I don't. I, obviously, I don't think either can blow up in your face. I think both will score well. 
I just think Cleary's a little bit safer. Walsh has to do more to score well. However, he's doing a fucking lot. Yeah, and I think Canberra will be up for that game, considering they just got flogged. Well, yeah, that's my thought process. I don't think the Raiders will get flogged two times in a row. Well, they may have the worst halves pairing in the comp right now with uh, Schneider and Fogarty. Yeah. But they'll, they'll, if anyone can take on this Brisbane pack, I think the Canberra boys could do it. However, they need to play 10 out of 10. They need to be 10 out of 10, 100%. Um, also, Walsh could absolutely massacre Jared Croker yeah. in terms of the speed difference there. So I think, yeah, depending how my week's going, I'll decide from there, but it's clearer Walsh for me. That that wraps us up for round six. Anything else to add there, um, the skippers? You got any bold sort of start-sit decisions going on at the moment? Um, for me, it's sort of between Ford, AKP. Yep. Same. However, yeah. however, if I buy Hosking, it's just Hosking. Okay. If yep. I if I buy Hosking, I think I'm locked in to yep. four guns. Playing Truva, playing Truva. Yeah. Yep. Playing Truva. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I would, the only one I'd like maybe consider is like if you felt like really ballsy, maybe you go Katoa. Like playing seven. Some Heinz owners may be yeah, oh, yeah. into Katoa. Yeah, if they are in Cleary. Um, yeah, they might be. Um, I don't. I don't. Oh, he could be a sneaky, sneaky player. I reckon. Um, on the other hand, I wouldn't go Alamotti. I wouldn't go Warbrick. Um, I probably wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't go Schuster. Yeah. So it's it's really down to Ford AKP for me for the last one. And I'm also considering this is this seems a bit crazy is playing Murdoch Masilla over Stefano. <laughs> it's absolutely bold, but against the Titans, I think you might be able to jag and take a stab. So. That's, yeah, not crazy. I'm it ca- sounds crazy, but it's probably I'm, not. I'm, like, kind of considering it. So that could also happen. But, yeah, no, start, start sits are a bit self-explanatory. I think I look at my team, I'm really happy with it, that I've got these decisions, like I can choose between Ford and AKP. Well, yeah, and that's, that's just finally with my Hosking debate. If I buy Hosking in a few months' time with cash, well, not a few months, like, five, six weeks when their cheapies sort of get to the very top of their price. Even this week, I'm sitting a Ford AKP and when these guys get to the top of their price, hopefully they become guns. And if I buy a guy like Hosking and he hits, I could potentially have like 18 guns in a couple months' time. It's a good problem to have. But it is. Especially during the buy period, you might be able to sell a few more. Yep. Yeah, um, it's really... I still think Hosking's money don't want to miss. Yep. Sure. And I don't think I think we're both sort of leaning to boost for him. Yep. So our answer to the Hosking debate, to all those listening out there, is a yes. However, you may be correct. Neither of us love him. Yeah. So yeah. It's pretty yeah, that's that's really inevitably what our decision is. Could backfire. We like doing it, but it won't hurt you. Yes. But it could yeah, hurt no, you no, if no. you don't. Yeah, okay. It very much could hurt you if you don't go there. Yeah. I think so. I think so. But in saying that, you know, back your gut. If you if you really, really don't think Hosking will uh, even be in the seventeen, or maybe you'll be on the bench next week, you could be right. You could be right, and you could pay off. It could pay off, but you know, we'll take a hundred k. Yep. We'll take a hundred and fifty k. So that that'll probably do us for today. Yep. Good luck to yep. all in round six. Hope you have a good week. Have fun with the footy. Come on, Latrell. <laughs> <laughs>